You are dialed in to the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are going to meet them at the same time. We're going to have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to this edition of The Success Line. Rory Vaden is here. I'm meeting a brand new friend. Uh, His name is Rudolph. That is pretty much all I know about him other than a few other basic questions that he submitted on our application, which is awesome. And um, by the way, if you're just listening to this show for the first time, you can come be a guest and get a free coaching call uh, of just working with me here on The Success Line. And if you go to success.com forward slash success line guest you too could be in mr rudolph's position um so anyways i'm i'm excited to meet you rudolph welcome to the show thank you very much rory so tell me uh, a little bit about you tell me your story like where do you where do you live what do you do you know where did you come from and and give us a catch-up to like where you're at right now so uh, my name is Rudolph, and I am originally from Cameroon. I'm an African-born immigrant in, um, to the United States, and I've been to the United States. I've been in the United States for about six and a half years now. I'm mm. currently a clinical research professional. I'm currently living in New York City. Uh, at the same time, I have this drive for business and entrepreneurship. And um, mm. in the past, in the past couple of years, I actually started a couple of businesses, and uh, currently. Actually, with a book uh, that was published earlier this year, and I'm also currently running a podcast show. I love it. And you said you're a you're a medical professional in New York, medical research professional, medical research professional. What does that What does that mean? <laughs> I know, I know. This is actually not the first time hearing this question because so many times, uh, actually, the COVID the COVID virus has actually threw so much light on on medical research because in the past nobody mm. actually thought about medical research because you know everybody gave credit to the doctors you know the pharmacists but we are the guys who played you know, who played so we work so much on the back end ah. you know, we do we do medical we, we do uh we test new drugs on human subjects um to, to obtain fda approvals before those medications find themselves on pharmacy shelves wow interesting okay yeah that's uh that's been a hot space here in the last couple of years or so. Um, and then you said, so you were born in Africa and then you've been in the U.S. for about six and a half years? That's correct. In Cameroon, actually. Wow, that's awesome, man. So did you like, did you come over by yourself or like, did you come with your family? No, I actually came over by myself um, to the U.S. DV lottery program. Wow. Um, so, so you just came over, you had like no family here, no friends, like per se, you just like came over and started a new life. Um, I had my aunt, my aunt has been here for 
multiple decades actually, uh, but I didn't have any direct immediate family. Um, but I came and my aunt was able to support me through my, um, through my integration. Oh, wow, man, that is awesome. Um, and so you're doing medical research profession by day and then, uh, you're doing, you said you're really into entrepreneurship. So is your, your, the book that you wrote, is that separate kind of from your job? Is that kind of like a side hustle or an eve, a nights and weekends project, or is it related to your job? No, it's not related to my job. This is kind of a uh, nights and weekends side hustle. I gotcha. All right. So are you, are you making money there with your side hustle too? Are you like, uh, doing other stuff outside and like, what are the other side jobs? So for, for right now, I've been, I, I was working on a book and that was published, um, I think in May, uh, June of 20 of this year, um, that was published actually there. Now I'm, I'm more focused on uh, building the podcast, Afro Hustle podcast. And the reason for the, the whole idea behind the podcast is actually to be able to educate African immigrants to the United States so they can actually learn how to assimilate themselves within the United States and be able to find jobs and you know, be able to build a career for themselves because uh, I actually learned from my own experience coming here and the challenges that I faced. And I also and I want this podcast to be a platform where I'm going to be interviewing other African-born entrepreneurs and business owners and professionals so they'll be able to tell their stories and other listeners can listen and actually learn and be inspired from them. That is that is really cool, man. I I here's what I love about that specifically. One of one of the things that we say at our uh, company, Brand Builders Group, is you're always most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. Absolutely. And so you're doing that, and nobody can argue with you because it's like you've done it, you've walked the path, you've been down that road, and so you have the credibility to do it and to speak exactly to that person. Um, so I, I love that. So what's your big, what's your big dream with that? Like, is your, are you wanting to like speak all over the world or just be a podcast host? You want to like launch courses? I mean, do you, do you, do you know, I mean, or is it just like you kind of want to do it for fun and you want to keep like working as a medical research professional? So uh, actually, you know, this has been a thing. This has been a question that I've been asking myself uh, most recently about what is it that I want the future of the podcast to be. And I'm looking at, at the podcast to be sort of a brand. And I'm going to be, I want to be able to grow the podcast to be sort of a foundation, which is going to develop training programs and training opportunities and provide, uh, prepare, be able to prepare resumes for people you know, how they can get their first jobs and how they can be able to find uh, access to education, how they can have access to, to, to medicals, you know. Um, so that's the, that's the vision that I have for the podcast. So it could grow to be more like a non-for-profit organization in the future. Okay. Yeah. And that's, for what it's worth, um, so we happen, uh, we've had lots of podcasts. Uh, we had a podcast that we grew and sold back in 2018 as part of selling our other business. Uh, we run three, well, two, two podcasts plus an IGTV show. And we have a lot of clients that we coach that have, you know, or we work with or partners with that have huge podcasts. So we know this space pretty well. And for most people who have a podcast, what you said is exactly right. It's the podcast isn't a part of your business model. Um, it's part of, it's a traffic source for your business. So people get confused because podcast is a little weird that you can monetize your podcast by selling like ads. Um, if that is your primary business model, 
then that means you have to have lots and lots of downloads uh, because ad ad revenue is all about the you know for the most part the volume of people that you're reaching, and most people that run podcasts are not going to hit those huge numbers, nor are they trying to. They're serving a narrow a narrow niche, so it's instead just a traffic source for you to get the right person into your business and then be able to sell them into what your actual business model is, which is what are the other ways that you make money. So anyways, this is great. So it seems like you're on the right track. Like what's your question? What's your question for the success line or what are you struggling with or what's your obstacles that you're, that you're bumping up against? So I know, you know, be able to be a a clinical research professional during the day and, you know, be able to prepare materials for my podcast or inviting guests to my show it's very time consuming and somewhat kind of very challenging. So one of my major questions I wanted to ask the success line today was actually a lot about time management and, you know, financial management and time management because at the end of the day, I'm spending so much from spending so much time and money from my, from my medical research job in order to fund some of the softwares and applications that I need for to run my podcast. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're, you're, you're getting spread thin on time and you're getting spread thin on money a little bit because you're investing into this, uh, this project you're doing. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. Um, all right. So I love it. So a couple of, a couple of things on this, um, I did a Ted talk a few years ago that went viral. Uh, it's got a few million, a few million views. Uh, and I, I also wrote a book. My second book was based on it. It was called, uh, procrastinate on purpose, five permissions to multiply time. The Ted talk is just called how to multiply time. And what we figured out is that it is actually possible to create more time. Everybody thinks that it's not, but it is. Um, it's not possible to create more time inside of one day. So we all have the same 24 hours, which is 1,440 minutes or 86,400 seconds. But the way that you multiply time is by giving yourself the emotional permission to spend time on things today that create more time tomorrow. So there's certain things you can do right now today that create more time in the future. There's certain tasks that you can do and, um, you know, a quick example that's sort of universal that I apply, you know, just use for everybody is setting up online bill pay as an example. None of us have two hours open in our calendar today to just set up online bill pay. But what multipliers do is they evaluate how to spend their time based on tasks that multiply their time. And so they know that if they, if they give themselves permission to spend two hours today setting up online bill pay, um, now in the short term, it's going to cost them. There's an opportunity cost of something else that they won't be doing. But what they are instead doing is choosing to invest that time into something that multiplies because it saves them time in the future. So if I spend two hours today to set up online bill pay, that saves me 30 minutes every month of paying my bills. Then after just four months time, 30, 30, 30, 30, that'd be a, a, you know, 30, 60, 90, 120 minutes or two hours. After four months time, I will have broken even on my investment of time. And every month thereafter, I will be multiplying time because online bill pay will be taking care of taking care of something for me that I would have otherwise been taking care of. Um, one of the catchphrases from my talk and, and the book is that automation is to your time. What compounding interest is to your money. 
Automation is to your time what compounding interest is to your money. So just like compounding interest takes money and it turns it into more money, automation takes time and it turns it into more time. Um, so that is how you multiply time on a, on a conceptual level. So why am I telling you? One, because it's helpful for you to know that. But two, if you go, okay, let's, let's apply that now down to podcasting. Um, or what our, what our company does, uh, you know, I'm the adjunct entrepreneurship editor here at success, but what, what, uh, my wife and I have a company that just helps people with their, with their personal brands. So we're looking at this a lot through this specific lens, which is exactly what you're asking is going, okay, how do we apply these time management strategies to building your personal brand? Well, what you're doing at your company is, uh, is is a form of linear earnings and linear investment. You're trading time and you're getting money. I assume you're on a salary or an hourly of some type for medical research, right? Correct. Okay. So yeah. if you stop working, that money stop, stops coming in. Which is which is fine. That that's that's how most people work. And and the first way to build wealth is to the um you know if you ask if you ask me or in our in my opinion is to be debt free and to work as much as you can and to save your money or invest your money into things that will multiply. So your your current job doesn't multiply. It's linear. It doesn't grow exponentially. But what you're building with your podcast does, um, because your podcast creates scale meaning if you have one listener or 1 million listeners it's the same amount of work for you so the same amount of time goes in so you're building something that is scalable which is very exciting long term the painful part is that in the short term it's not exciting usually when you start something like that from scratch it's like it's 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 a sacrifice just like spending that initial 2 hours setting up your online bill pay um, so the reason we call the book, the, the subtitle, the five permissions to multiply your time is you have to give yourself permission to spend time on things today that give you more time tomorrow. So you've already found your way to doing that. And the biggest thing I want to say to you is keep going because you're building an asset with your podcast that even though it is you know, probably slower than you want to go. Even my podcasts grow, I would say, much slower than I want them to grow. It is it is realizing that you're building an asset for for a couple of reasons. One, because on a on a on a new podcast episode, it scales. It's the same amount of time, but you can reach more people. But the other thing that is amazing about podcasts and really any type of media. Um, there's only a few type of multi, there's only a few concepts that multiply in the world. Um, uh, for example, hiring other people is something that multiplies. You can hand, you can hire more people and you can get more done in the same amount of time, um, because you have more people. Um, you, uh, can invest money. Investing money is a thing that multiplies because of compounding interest. And the more money you have invested, the more money that you make, even though it's the same amount of time. Media is a is a multiplier. Anytime you create a piece of media, it's like creating um, a soldier, so to speak. Um, or you could think of it as a salesperson because 
every past episode that you have that you publish is now out there in the internet for people to consume. And so it's this thing that lives out there that people can find. And what you're doing is you're automating trust. So our entire digital marketing strategy when we're working with people is we want to create as many pieces of digital content that we can in as efficient a way as possible. Um, to streamline the production of it, but then amplify um, the publication of it, the, the promotion of it, the reach, because uh, you, you, you have this asset, but now it's out there working for you to find you new people and to, to automate trust. So you're doing the, you're doing the right thing. Um, and you're spending money on an asset that, that costs you time and it costs you money, but only in the short term. If you zoom out and you look at the long term, which is something we call the significance perspective, the significance perspective is shifting from instead of thinking about today, it's thinking about tomorrow and the next day and the next day. It's thinking about the future. It's just thinking long term is you're going, is the thing that I am working on, is it multiplying time? Is it likely to multiply in the future? And in, in your case, the answer is definitely yes, because each additional episode requires the same amount of time, but your reach will grow. And also each archive or past episode, once you publish it, is is, is this thing that's out there working for you, um, bringing you new people. Um, so that's on the like specific level for you. Does that make sense? You understand those concepts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now you know, listen, li just listening to listening to you giving the perspectives, so especially of time management and the impact of these episodes. You know, having been published in the, on the internet, you know, makes so much sense now. Yeah, and don't and and the thing is, just keep going, right? Don't give up because because what people do is they what they publish. You know, they start doing a podcast or writing a blog or doing a YouTube channel or going on live on Instagram or something, and they do it. They do it for you know, four months and then they look back and they, you know, they've got a total of 120 downloads or 105, you know, they got eight views on their YouTube video and they're going, what a waste of time. That's, that's what they think is they go, I've put so much time into this for eight views or a hundred views or a thousand views. But that is an errant calculation. That's what most people do, but that's not how multipliers think. Multipliers think in what we call the significance calculation. They live longer term. They're constantly zoomed out. Everybody else is zoomed in on like, what's the, what's the, what's the, the most immediate return I can get today? It's like a day trader, um, but you don't win by day trading. Almost every day trader loses money and can't even keep up with the, you know, the, um, you know, like the S and P 500. So you got to always think long-term and you got to commit to the long-term and you just got to do it. And one of the things that we tell people, um, personal brand specifically is do a hundred episodes before you even check your stats. Um, because we'll get, you'll get consumed with how many people downloaded, how many people watched my view, how many visitors did I have my website? It will be for the most part, if you're the average person, nothing but discouraging. And the problem is you're allowed, you're tying your self-esteem to short-term results, but you're engaged in an activity that doesn't produce returns until the long-term. You're engaged in an act activity that creates long-term returns. Most, so most of this is an emotional battle. 
Um, and I love that you asked the question about time management and money. Like you said, I, I'm, I'm struggling with both managing my time and managing my money um, because there's a direct correlation between the two. Um, you can spend time and you can spend money and it disappears. Give you an example. Right. You know, if, if you go out, if you go out to a restaurant and you buy a, and you buy a meal, you have spent money. You will never get that money back. Same, same. If you go onto Netflix and you, you know, binge watch a season of some TV show, you have spent that time. You will never get it back. Right. There are other things that are investments of money and investments of time, right? And an investment of money is I put my money into whatever, the stock market, into real estate, into personal development, into my business, um, there, that you're, you're putting money into something that can grow and improve in the future. Namely, your personal development should be the, the first thing. And kudos to you. Here you are listening to Success Magazine and volunteering and coming on the show. And I know you're part of our Achievers community and you're, 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 you're doing it, right? So you're doing a lot of this. Um, and so you're investing, you're investing, um, your money, uh, well, you're, you're investing your time into personal development and the same is true. Your podcast is not a way to spend time and spend money. It is, it, it is an investment. So, um, rich people, wealthy people think about money in the exact same way that multipliers think about time. They look for ways that they're going to spend it on something that's going to grow in the future. Um, so a lot of that is a permission calculation is to go, I'm not wasting time. I'm not spending time. I'm not losing time. I'm investing time. I'm not wasting money. I'm not spending money. I'm not losing money. I am investing money and an investment is, you know, has some risk, but for the most part, risk is mitigated. The longer term perspective you take the meaning, the longer time you're willing to be in a game or in a market. And that is true. You cannot publish a thousand podcast episodes and fail. Like you, you can't like it's, 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 I mean, it's very like, it's nearly impossible to do that. It's kind of like, you know, you can't invest your money into a growth stock mutual fund for 50 years and come out with less money than you started with. It could grow and then you could lose a lot of it, but it's still going to be more than what you started with. There's, there's never been a 50 year window or even I think a 20 year window, probably not even like an eight year window where the, the stock market has gone down over a long period of time, but on any given day, it goes down. So you need to, th you need to think like a multiplier. And so you're doing the, you're doing the right things. Um, in terms of, in terms of how you're spending your money or how you're spending your time, um, you know, I'm happy to share a couple tips or a couple ideas on things that might streamline your podcast or any other part of your business or ways that you might be able to save money if you're, if you're not already doing them. If that is the next most pressing thing, or, or, or do you, do you have any other questions coming up? Um, no, I, I would like to hear some of the tips that you have around the, around the management of the finances. Uh, uh, the manage of uh, the management of the finances of of just like your business. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, in general, the 
you know, when you think about funding a business and starting a business, there's, um, you know, there's, there's really only a couple ways that you can, you can start. There's really only four ways to start a business with, with money, not start. Let's say this. There's really only four ways to finance a business. Okay. So the first one is, uh, with investors, you can go out and try to convince somebody that if they, if they give you cash now, that over the course of time, you'll be able to return their cash back to them plus interest, uh, you know, plus a, a benefit and a gain for the fact that they took a risk on you and they gave you cash when you needed it up front. Um, the advantage is you get cash up front. The other advantage is they can't steal your house, so you can't live up on the street. Um, the disadvantage is investing investors is the most expensive way to finance a business because you give up typically a percentage or portion of your business forever. It's not something that you that you get back. So it all depends on you you know how desperate you are for the money. Um, the other thing that you can do is you can finance a business with debt. So you can try to go to the bank and you can get a loan and you can try to raise, you know, convince them that you've got a great business model. Um, the good news is you get cash now if you can do it. Um, the bad news is you can, they can take your house. Typically, most, most startup companies and most early stage entrepreneurs are not going to be able to get a very large uh, amount of money or any money at all from a bank without putting up collateral right? Some, some piece, uh, some asset that the bank is interested in. Typically it's your house. And so you typically would get a HELOC, H-E-L-O-C, a home equity line of credit, which means you're leveraging your house as collateral in exchange for the bank giving you cash because you can't take cash out of your house, right? Like you can't pull it out of the walls. So you're, you're, you're leveraging the risk to say, if I can't give you your cash back, you could take my house, which is very risky. Not something right. that we, we do or advise. Um, but, but people do it. It can be done. And a lot of, there's a lot of people who have accumulated a lot of wealth by taking big risks and taking on a lot of debt. It's not what we do. Um, the third way is out of your savings. This is, this is a pretty great way um, to start a business, but it's not really a sustainable. So savings means you're, you're doing what you're doing, right? So you're working at your day job. And now what you're doing is you're your 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 pension pennies. So you're coming. You're not eating out. You're not buying nice clothes. You're not buying the new car, the house. You're not going on vacation. You're not getting the TV, and you're doing everything you can to save money to invest into your business. For the most part, that's a really good thing. That's a healthy pursuit. We very much encourage people to start businesses out of their savings. Most of the the the, the successful enterprises in the world, or let me say in the United States have been started with less than $50,000. So, you know, if you really hustle and work at it for a couple years, you know, you might have to take on an extra job that's separate from your passion project. Um, and you know, you're whatever you're driving Uber, you're, you're flipping burgers, you're, you're delivering pizzas, like you're doing construction, like whatever you got to do to make money to invest into your own business, which I really love because I was always taught that, as an entrepreneur, you should be the number one investor in your own dream. You should be the one with the most on the line. And you should be the one who, who says, I believe in myself. I'm willing to bet on me more than anyone. You shouldn't expect someone else to put their cash 
on your dream and you not be willing to do your own. Savings is a way to, is a way to do that. But savings is not our favorite way to grow a business. And, and the reason why is if you are financing a business out of savings, then you don't have a business that is really operating well because it's dependent on you injecting cash into it. It's very similar to investors, actually, is, is they are artificially infusing cash into the business. So right. there's reasons to do it and ways to play that game. But the, for us, and this is how how we roll, and you know we've we've at this point uh, started uh, five seven figure businesses and, and eight figure business. We're on our way to another eight figure business. the The best way to finance a business is what to do what we call a customer financed business. In other words, what you do is you finance your business with sales with revenue in the way that the way you go, where, how do I get money? Like, where do I get the money to grow the business? Simple, go make a sale, go sell something to somebody right away. You don't have to build the perfect widget. You know, now if you're doing an invention or something, it's often different, but in, in service-based businesses and so many businesses, the key skill you got to learn is how do I generate revenue? How do I generate a sale I get the customer to pay me and then I'm using that cash to reinvest, hire the people, create the systems, create the product. And a lot of times, you know, not always, but typically you're not generating enough sales to pay yourself very well. So you're foregoing paying yourself commissions, earning salaries, et cetera, while you're getting it off the ground. But if you can generate a machine that generates sales, then you can you can continue growing the business. And so the most important part of any business is not product development. Let me say this again. The most important part of a business is not product development. People spend, um, I, won't, I won't say they spend too much time because having a great product is really important, really, really important. But if you, it doesn't matter if you have the best product in the world. If nobody knows about it, you have a dead business. The most important part in the business is you got to figure out a way to tell people that you're in business and you got to figure out a repeatable process to educate someone that you're there, speak in a way that, that gets them excited about buying whatever you have, collect money from them, and then service them in a way that they will stay, buy other stuff, or refer other, other people. <coughs> so that's what we're after. Um, and, and financially speaking, those are the four ways to finance a business. And if you're going to do it as a side hustle, Either you need to, you either need to make enough money from your job, your day job, and you're just dumping money into it, or you got to take on a different job to get savings to start the business. But the best way always, at least in my opinion, is to go, what can I do to generate a sale? What am I selling? Who is it made for? Where do they live? How do I get in front of them? And then what can I say to get them get them to buy. So are you clear on all of those things? Do you think Rudolph for your business? Yes, absolutely. That's very insightful actually. Thank you very much for that insight. So what are you selling to, what are you selling in your side business? 
So um, earlier I had mentioned that I had written a book. Um, uh, so and the reason, the purpose of this book that I, I wrote, um, how to become a super team leader in the virtual workplace. Okay. You know, when, during during COVID, I when COVID started back in March 2020, I took on a leadership position in my job. So it was difficult because now the company our organization was actually encouraging everybody to work, you know, encouraging staff to work from home. So I didn't I didn't know what to do, how to lead a team. I was a new supervisor. I didn't know how to lead a team virtually. I mean, if it was in the physical office, I know I could go to the desk and speak to them. But in a virtual workplace, I didn't know what to do. So that inspired me to actually put some notes together to write this book. So now you're speaking about it. I'm like, oh, wow, this book is actually my product. It (laughs) is. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. So you have a product that is incongruent with your audience. You're spending your time building what's called the Afro Hustle podcast. Right. uh, For African immigrants about how to succeed when they get here. But you're selling a product about how to be a better virtual team leader. There's a disconnect there. I'm not saying that that one is bad. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm saying you got a problem because you're investing money building an audience, but you don't have a product to sell that audience to. And you've in, you've invested money building a product, but you you you're not investing your time building the audience for that product. So one of these has got to give. Um, now theoretically, like you said, oh well, my podcast is is my my passion project. My podcast is my you know my give back to the world. I want to I want to help you know African American you know Africans who are immigrating to America. I want to help them succeed. That's great. I love passion projects. I love not-for-profits. Here's the problem. You don't have enough money or time, I don't think, to, I don't get the sense of, to do, to serve both of those missions. Because now you have three things. You have your job, you have the Afro Hustle podcasting community, and now you have a book about virtual workplace leadership. Now, this book is something you could probably monetize. There's a huge need in the world right now for, um, you know, virtual leadership skills, virtual training, how to manage a team remotely. But you got to spend your time building that audience if you want to sell that to them. Um, Or what you have to do is create a product to serve the audience that you're spending your time serving with the Afro Hustle podcast. So that that could either be coaching or you mentioned earlier resume writing services or you know any number of things you could even you could even do job placements and you could try to help them find jobs and take you know take some placement fee from the company or some percentage of their earnings or you know but but this is this is a this is a disconnect. You're living in three worlds and this happens all the time. Okay, so you're not in your own, Rudolph. Like, but this is the problem. Is now we have the real problem. Everything else you've been doing up until now, I'm like, okay, check, check, check. Now we got an issue, and we got to figure out. You either got to create a product and sell it to the audience you're building, or you got to create an audience for the product that you have created. I'm fine with either. As a coach who does this full time and has spent my career doing it. What I would tell you is do not do both. If it were up to me, I would say you can choose either. Either can be successful. Um, There is not a right choice. 
uh, too many people waste time trying to find what is the right choice. And they think that somehow their success in life is the accident of selecting the right path and making sure they make the right choice. My experience is that it is not that is more about it's more about choosing a path that is reasonably aligned and making it be successful. I I know for sure that you like a person could build a great business teaching virtual leadership skills. I also believe that you could build a great business, um, you know, helping African immigrants or any other population get jobs or prepare them for the for the real world they both will be hard nothing is easy there's not a perfect choice there's not a right choice there is just a choice to make however what i feel strongly about is that trying to do both of them doesn't work because if you have diluted focus you will get diluted results you have to go until you have enough resources that you can employ staff and teams and people to, to do both. Um, it's the old, it's a Chinese proverb that says he who chases two rabbits catches neither. Um, you got to choose one and go get it. And so that's probably what you need to do some thinking about and some prayer about and some reflection on and meditation or whatever you call it. I, I call it prayer. But I, I think you'll be much more successful choosing one and going all in on it. Do you already yes. know which one it is or are you going to be torn on that? Um, I'm def- I think I'm definitely going to do some prayers on it. <laughs> yeah. And, and what I would say is, you know, look, either way, this is going to be painful because you've either you've either spent a lot of time building a book, which you know, as, as having been the author of many books, it is no easy road. Like it is a lot of work, no matter who publishes it and how you do it. It's a lot of work. And so you're either going to be temporarily suspending that dream and all that time that you put in there is suspended, maybe not lost forever, but it's, it's held, or you're going to be taking this passion project and you're going to be suspending it, which is, you know, you have a heart for it. You have this real big desire to serve. Um, and, and I'm just saying from a business perspective, like if you don't want to make money, you want these both to be a side project, you can. But again, I would even say in a purely altruistic sense, you won't do a justice to either one by trying to do both of them. You're already highly fractionalized by the fact that you have a day job, which you need to have. Um And so, you know, you'll have to, you'll, um, I mean, my advice, my encouragement is you have to choose, you have to choose one, either one can work and it doesn't mean you can never do the other one. It just means you have to, as the title of the book, procrastinate on purpose. That was the title of my second book. You have to procrastinate on purpose with some things so that you can have the margin you need to go all in and be successful on the few things or the one thing or the significant thing, the things that will multiply your time. Because if you create a hugely successful podcast, the Afro Hustle podcast, you can create a huge community of African immigrants and you can make money serving all those people. And then you can hire a staff to help you market your book and it can be successful. Or if you go all in on your book and you go out and you speak on your book and you create consulting and coaching programs or a video course or a membership site around your book, you can create all the money you need to pump that money back into your nonprofit. 
But if you try to chase both, you don't have enough resources to go out and knock them both down and, and be successful. And that's why most entrepreneurs fail. They don't fail because they're stupid. They don't fail because they don't have enough connections. They don't fail because they don't know what to do. They don't fail because they don't know how to do it. The reason entrepreneurs fail is because they don't have the discipline to focus on one thing on to focus to, on the, on the right, on the next thing and to make it be the right thing and to make it work. They get distracted. They deal with dilution. They allow them souls to get interrupted. They chase too many rabbits and they don't catch any. Right. Right. Actually, I think, you know, this is actually, um, this is very, very helpful actually, because uh, a couple of years ago, I was literally involved in a lot of projects and, and obviously I didn't, I didn't catch any. So, <laughs> so, uh, I was actually being able to like dilute all the information or dilute all the projects into what I'm doing right now. I'm doing, you know, uh, now, like I said, I'm split into three pieces, you know, doing the, the book or the podcast and my, and my day job. So I'm definitely going to do some uh, insight thoughts about it to think about to see which of them is actually going to be more the driver. Well, I think that would be good. And, you know, let me know and just shoot me a, shoot me a DM on Instagram and, and tell me what you come up with or, or whatever, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, just ask me a question and I will, I'll go back and forth with you. But, um, I think, um, yeah, you need to think about that. And, and that would be my encouragement is choose one, make it successful. And then out of the, out of the success of that one, then use it to finance the other. If you're still passionate about the other when that time comes, but, um, Rudolph, man, I believe in you. You are a smart guy. Uh, you have been through undoubtedly a very, very difficult road. And if you have, if you've had the courage and the insight and the intellect and the intelligence and the perseverance to make it from where you started to where you are now, then you certainly have what you need to go from where you're at now to where you want to be. So stay the course, keep us posted on your progress, and we'll look forward to checking back in with you sometime on the success line. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rory. I have to give mad uh, props and shout out to my man Rudolph there. I just have so much admiration for somebody who can move to another country um, with with basically no friends, no family, no network, and and make it and and get a great job and be, become a, a highly important member of society and the community, and then to be spending his extra spare time on personal development, following Success Magazine. He's in our Achievers community. He's volunteering to come on to this podcast. I mean, shout out to you, Rudolph. What I said there at the end, man, is that if if you have what it takes to go from where you started to where you are now, I absolutely believe you have everything it takes to go from where you're at now to the dream that you've got in your head. And it is definitely, definitely true. Um, three of my takeaways and, and, you know, refreshers. It's so fun to be coaching people live on this and having no idea, right? I have no idea where these are going to go. These are absolutely unscripted. We've never done anything like what we do on this show. Um, and I learn so much every time and just get reminded of so many important principles and 
that's why I just want these to be a highlight. So these are my, my top three takeaways from that conversation. So number one, do a hundred reps before you check your stats, do a hundred reps before you check your stats, right? Like, like, Publish a hundred podcast episodes before you look at your downloads. Do a hundred YouTube videos before you you look at how many subscribers that you have. Go live a hundred times on IGTV before you you worry about how many people are showing up there. Like do a hundred reps. Like go like don't worry about losing weight. Just go to the gym a hundred times before you before you check what your fat loss percentage is and what your weight is. Do a hundred reps before you check your stats. Um, I spoke 304 times for free before I ever got paid is one of the best things that I ever did. And now I get paid a, a very large amount of money to stand on stage and speak in, in front of companies. And I'm really good at it because I spent my whole life doing it. But if I would have made the evaluation and the assessment of where I was at after five or 10 or 15 or 50, I would have, I would have totally given up. It never makes sense. Um, in the beginning, everything is, a, everything is a slow start, man. Everything new is a slow start. So do a hundred reps before you check your stats so that you don't get discouraged because when you're first starting out, it's not about the, it's not about the results. It's about the habits, right? It's not about the numbers. It's, it's about the perseverance. It's, it's not about like how many fans you have. It's about the infrastructure that you're building, uh, and that's, that's what is important. So do a hundred reps before you check your stats. Number two, best way to grow a, to finance a business. The best way to finance a business is to do a customer finance business, not investors, not debt, not even your own savings. Not, uh, in, in my opinion, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a, as a side hustler, as a startupper, I mean, there's something to be said for the world of, you know, angel investing and, you know, all these, all these other things, but that's not the game most of us are playing. Most of us are going to write our own check for our own destiny in our own lives. And we cannot be dependent upon the fact of whether or not someone else shows up and gives us money. The way that you grow a business is you customer finance it. What does that mean? It means you sell. It means you go out and you talk to people. You tell them what you're about. You tell them what you're doing. You tell as many people as you can about what you're up to. And if you believe in what you're doing, you should be very bold about sharing what that is with as many people as possible. If, if you should only be timid if what you're selling is crap and if it's not worthwhile. But if you really created a product or a service because it, there was a need for it in the market and because you believe it is worthwhile, then you should be out telling everybody you can about it because you believe it's going to help them and you believe it's going to change their life. That's what it takes to be an entrepreneur. That's what it takes. That's not even what it means to be successful. That's the price of admission of getting on the field. And you got to be willing to, to tell people and you got to be willing to generate a sale because you need the customers. You need their money to grow the business. If you need more money in your business, go make another sale right? Like you want to invest and hire someone and you can't afford it. No problem. Go sell something to someone. Every single problem that exists in business today can be solved by somebody making more sales, right? Like go write your own future, be in charge of your own destiny. And the way that you do that is by through the hard disciplined work of reaching out to people and finding good, honest people that you can help with a good, 
honest solution and then making sure those people have a great experience reinvesting that money back into your own business. Either way you cut it, whether you have investors or you're taking on bank debt or you're using savings or you're selling, you're not going to be making a ton of money when you start your business. Like I know that people post the private jets and the big yachts and the Lamborghinis and all that stuff. That's not the reality of what it means to be an entrepreneur. It's not the reality. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And that is what matters. But that's that's something that's going to be out there 5, 10, 15, 20 years. That is, that life is available, but it happens by you paying the price and doing what it takes and doing whatever it takes to be successful. And the safest way to guarantee that growth and the, and the, you know, in my opinion, the best way is through the customer finance business. Learn how to sell something. Number three, don't focus so much on making the right choice. Focus on making a good choice and then making it right. Don't focus on making the right choice. Focus on making a good choice and then making it right. What do I mean by that? I mean that that the universe and God and fate is not set up as like a maze that there's only one way that you can choose the right path to be successful. It's, it is set up in a way that it's, it's more like a corn maze where you could just barrel your way through a path. So you just got to decide which direction am I going and go that direction, go all in, run, sprint, Go hard, do a hundred reps, put your head down and figure out and make the decision before you even start. You're going to be successful. You're, you're going to figure it out. You're going to find a way. You're going to do whatever it takes. That's how success comes. Not from sitting back and calculating and spending all this time getting everyone's opinion and market feedback and doing research about what is the perfect proper path for me to take. That's not how it works. It ain't dainty. Success ain't dainty. Success is bold. And it's, it's, it doesn't, it, it's not like there's only one choice you can make that's going to lead you to be successful in life. What will lead you to be successful in life is making a choice and going after it, going all in. So don't focus on just making, don't focus on making the right choice, make a good choice and then make it right, make it work and you will make it win because you are you and you are no different than any other successful entrepreneur or achiever or corporate leader or executive or CEO out there in the world. Nobody is different than you. They're not better than you. It all starts with a decision in your own mind to decide what is capable and what is possible for your life. So pick a path make it the right one and keep coming back here to the success line every single week. We'll keep you motivated. We'll keep you on track. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. If you would like to appear on the success line, head to success.com slash success line guest to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate review. And most of all, tell your friends, this has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.